Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light. The private writings of the Saint of Calcutta. Chapter 4 continued. The Blueprint of the New Order. Reply to the third and fourth questions of Archbishop Ferdinand Perrier. How would you form your disciples? By giving them a complete knowledge of the spiritual life so that in the street or in the holes of the poor or at home in the convent, they would live the life of close union with God. The interior must become the main power of the exterior. To arrive at this, the sisters will have the first year of their religious life, one of complete contemplation and perfect solitude, which will be renewed every six years after they have taken the vows. They must also get all the possible help from holy priests in their spiritual life, so that religious perfection would become simple and easy, as the life of Mary was at Nazareth. If they are not in love with God, they will not be able to lead this life of continual immolation, a continual immolation for souls. Each must understand that if she wants to become a missionary of charity, she must live and be in love with the crucified and be his victim for souls of the poor. Question four. What kind of people would you recruit for this work? Girls from the age of 16 upwards, strong in body and mind with plenty of common sense, no special qualification, but must be able to learn or know the language of the country thoroughly, generous and lovers of the poor. They must be able to put their hands to any kind of work however repugnant to human nature. They must be of a bright, cheerful disposition. Girls of any nationality, but for whatever nation they enter, that people's language and ways must be theirs. For example, if a Tamil enters, she shall be given work amongst the Tamils, a Chinese amongst the Chinese, and so on. If girls with high qualifications desire to enter, they may come, but that will not make them whatsoever different. They will have to be one of the sisters. If rich, them, but not their money. I need missionaries. Souls are not bought. In the years of contemplation and solitude, they must be ready to do penance and pray much together with that manual labor, which should naturally lift their minds to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, gentle God of youth, patron of thy own, 
vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What is Mother Teresa trying to gain by this new way of life? She wants souls of the poor. Yes, they're going to be missionaries of charity. Yes, they're going to be concerned with the poorest of the poor and taking care of all their bodily needs. They're going to try to look after their hunger and their sickness. They're going to try to serve them in all of their misery to try to bring some happiness to their situation. But in the end, Mother Teresa wants to unite them to God. And in order for us to be united to God in heaven, we have to die. And in death, our souls and bodies separate. And when she talks about being a victim for souls, when she says that souls are not bought, she's emphasizing that human beings have an eternal dimension. Human beings have a spiritual dimension. That the human person, this composite of body and soul, will live forever. And in a particular way, it's our souls which are immortal. And so Mother Teresa is trying to gain people for Christ. And so in thinking about this work, this great missionary work, we think of the words of John Bosco. Give me souls, he said, and take away the rest. This was her burning desire, that the image of God that's within us might be saved, might be restored. He burned with a, a thirst, and Mother Teresa burned with that same thirst. To most people, she seems almost crazy in this fervor. Where is this fervor coming from? Why is she so eager to help human beings in their eternal destiny? Why is she not just interested in helping them with hunger and thirst, bodily thirst and shelter and sickness? Why is she so concerned about their relationship with God? Because that's what Jesus is concerned with. And she is experiencing, she's participating in Jesus' thirst on the cross. And that thirst of Christ, as we've seen, is a thirst for love. It's a thirst for the human beings that he created to be in a relationship with him, to know his love and to love him. So that's what Mother Teresa is burning to do, to unite them to Jesus. And so she's very practical. She's not naive about what it will take for these women in her order to do this work. She knows that they, they can do this work. She's seen it herself in her limited experience in the Loretto Convent. She knows that there is a work that these women, these spiritual mothers, can uniquely do. That no priest, no brother can do. No, this is a unique work that these sisters can do. That they can enter into the homes of the poor and they can bring joy and peace. If, first of all, they're in love with God. That's the absolute foundation. And they have to want to love him in his crucifixion. 
They have to be willing to sacrifice themselves like a mother for her children. But then they also need to have some common sense. They need to have a strong body, strong mind. They don't need to have money. They don't need to have a great education. But they do need to be cheerful. They need to be bright. They need to be generous. And so Mother Teresa is setting forward the kind of women that she's looking for. And if we want to recruit more young men and women to follow Christ in this way, she's giving us a great example. Set the bar high. Set before them a beautiful ideal. Young people want to be generous. And the following of God, the giving of one's life to God, is not impossible for a young person. So let us pray tonight for all the young people we know, even those who are teenagers. Let us pray that they will discover in Christ the full meaning of their life, and they will discover in him the great liberator, the one who sets us free, free from our sins, free from our spiritual wounds, free from all the fears of our souls, and shows us the path of life, the path of prayer, the path of cheerfulness, the path of happiness. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.